the best in the world. I've been the best ever since day one on this microphone, in that ring, even in commentary. And trust me when I tell you, I am the hottest property in this industry today. Nobody can touch me. The only thing that's real is me, day in and day out. I am the best in the world. Do I have everybody's attention now? Maybe I should just shut up, continue to pout, because at this point you can't believe a thing that comes to my spout. This is a secret track. It ain't supposed to get out. So for time, Mr. Bitch is trying to figure shit out. 
keep the sword sharp. Never know. I have to cut a mother effer up. Lyrically, I'm a fucking nut. Keep my feelings in the tuck. Gave you fuckers more than enough. The level to the shit. I'm up the rest of y'all are effing sus. Why should the bust? Premature. A brother said he's done. Only come around once a month. Drop just for fun. Have nothing to prove. Leave that to my effing son. I'll forever be the best in the world, you know, number one. What up, people? I said, what up, people? Did y'all not hear me clearly? I said, what up, people? Welcome to another edition of the Salty Daughter Mike Steph podcast featuring the one and only Mike Steph best in water what he does yeah man I'm already starting out and my pitch is crooked so I had to straighten it out but you know that's very apropos that my picture is crooked because My feelings are crooked. My team is crooked. Ain't nothing straight about me. Pause. Whoa. This is this episode is this episode is going to be more of a venting session, more of a, a unloading of aggravation and stress than normally is. As you can see, I am fully decked out in my New York JET 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 Jets paraphernalia. And if you are a football fan, you also know that I look like a big ass fool decked out in my New York JET 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 Jets paraphernalia because my New York JET 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 Jets have reverted to the SOJ. Or should I say the SOJ? The same old Jets. And normally, normally, when people say that when people call my New York Jets the same old Jets, when they go back to the archives and say, you know what, they're the same old Jets. Normally, I fight back against that. Because every year is a new year. Every year is a different iteration. But unfortunately, every year is a different iteration of the same old, of the SOS. Do you know what the SOS means? Do you know what the SOS is? Not save our souls. No, 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 no. The SOS, part of my French, stands for the same Oh shit. Just in different flavors. The Jets are the Baskin Robbins of the same old shit. 31 flavors. Pick one. They all taste the same. 
Just in different colors. So if y'all didn't have a hint or inclination on what I was going to speak about, what I was going to spew, what I was going to rant about today, I just spent the last four minutes and change letting y'all know that this, once again, will be a one-topic podcast. And yes, I'm way quicker on the draw this time. Six minutes in, intro. Man, I I I'm gonna give y'all a little a little backstage page pass, if you will, of how my day started and how my day currently is. Woke up early this morning. Wake up in the morning, got the feeling for no 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 no. <laughs> I woke up early this morning. Because um, I had to get my day started a little early because we had a one o'clock kickoff. This is Patriots Week, you know. Unlike any other week in the NFL season, it happens two times a year. And for the last for the last seven and a half years, Patriots Week has always ended the same. With a big fat zero, with a big fat donut, with a big fat bagel, with a big fat hole, and some people, not myself, because I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't deal with big holes like this. I don't deal with black holes like this. I don't deal with the never-ending abyss like this. No, I deal with stuff that's nice and tight. But I digress. Every week, every Patriots week for the last seven and a half years has ended the same with a loss. So this week, this Sunday, this day, I woke up and I started to take care of my business early. Had an appointment. That was that was moved an hour early. Not actually to my fault. I mean, not actually because of me, but it actually set off my day properly. Cause I'm like, you know what? All right, instead of doing it at eleven, we could do it at ten. Then I, I could make my, or the family could make our Trader Joe's run. Yeah, that's actually replaced the Wegman's run because, you know, I want to die, don't you know? And uh, hopefully, we can be back. In the house, at least by kickoff, and if not by kickoff, at least just a little bit after kickoff. So I'm like, you know what? No problem. So went to my did, did my appointment. I said okay. Then we went to Trader Joe's. I got all my stuff that I needed for the week. My baby lettuce, my bag of kale. Chicken breast galore, turkey breast galore, shrimp burgers, and some fruit, some bananas. Because being a fact, I still got a sweet tooth. The one thing that I can eat that will satisfy that sweet tooth, that'll be on the healthy, healthy side, the healthy persuasion, if you will, would be bananas and grapes. 
and some mandarin oranges so yeah nobody can say that um i'm dealing with this battle that i'm dealing with half cocked because anybody knows matter of fact only one person knows that i'm never half cocked but once again i digress Get back in the house. And before I was able to come upstairs, I'm listening to ESPN New York 98.7, the radio station, the radio home of the New York Jets. And they're already down 3 zip. I'm like, that looks like first first drive, defense agent. Consistent. Okay. It's a messy day up in the Northeast, a messy day in the Netherlands, a messy day in, in Brooklyn. This is not going to be good. That three points might stand. They might stand on their head with that three points, but I got faith. Gotta have faith, faith, faith. Gotta have faith, faith, faith. So I get in. I load up the Paramount app. So I could watch some streaming. And what I saw in the first half. Anyway, I'll get into the game in a, in a very few minutes. Needless to say, it ended just like the last seven years ended. And not only that, not only that, they commence to. Put their hand in my chest. Grab on close. Grab on hard. And snatch it. The only thing that's been positive about today, actually there's two things. One, I have a wonderful dinner waiting for me when I conclude this podcast. So this podcast will not be an hour and a half long. Not at all, because tell you the truth, after I do my rant, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the hell up out of here, and y'all gonna see my black ass next week. I have a dinner waiting for me of asparagus, grilled salmon, and chicken slash shrimp fried rice, all homemade, don't you know? Made by none other than Mrs. Ooh, my wife. Chef extraordinaire. The other thing that actually went in my favor, even though it didn't coincide with more coin in my pocket, is the fact that I was proven right again. One of my predictions on this past week's Hidden Gents football was half correct. And if I would have put my money where my mouth is, maybe I wouldn't have another iteration of Mike stepped and bumped his mother effing head. Yeah, that's on deck this week, too. So, before I get this episode up and running, I had all intentions on speaking on the situation that's going on in media land concerning Stephen A. Smith, him throwing Max Kellerman under the bus, him uh, provoking Terrell Owens, him having to be talked down 
by none other than Kyrie Irving and him putting the battery in the back of none other than Shannon Sharp to burn his bridges to make himself seem just that much more important. I had all intentions on actually having having a good large segment of that being included in this week's podcast. But due to my on and removed, I'm going to cut that in half. And I'm going to put this into this intro. And maybe I'll follow up on it next week because Stephen A. Smith, if one thing that we've grown to know about him, some should have happened that have put him under scrutiny. Some should have happened that he'd be under the spotlight for. Some should have happened that he'll have to atone for. And I have more, I have ample opportunity to spew my salty thoughts when it comes to his conniving ass. But what I will say is this. Matter of fact, I'm going to do something very unorthodox. We're going to take that off the screen right now. So I can talk about Stephen A. Smith unfiltered. This past week, or yeah, this past week has been the blowback from his controversial controversial interview with none other than Joe Button on a Joe Button podcast in which he brought up two-year-old shit in order to big himself up and to shit on his former partner, Max Kellerman. Pretty much saying that, yes, he was responsible for the removal of Max Kellerman from first take. Yes, it was in fact the, the fact that he did not want to be on the same show as Max Kellerman anymore. He did not want to be partners with him anymore. That it was nothing personal, but he did not care for him so much. And his reasoning behind it was, well, Max wasn't bringing to the table what I what I needed. And part of the reason that was that, that happened was Max Kellerman was neither a journalist nor a former athlete. For years, what, they were together five years. And for years, Stephen A. Smith, on camera, allowed his uh, misunderstanding of what he was getting when he decided to reach out for Max Kellerman to come on the show. Uh, That misunderstanding turned into disrespect. And for at least the latter two to three years of their partnership, there was outward disrespect on screen. And he allowed numerous guests to come on and join in with the disrespect with your colleague. But fine. Some business relationships don't work out. Sometimes it's hard feelings. Sometimes you um, part amicably. And it is what it is. One thing that hasn't been discussed at nauseum or discussed at all, to tell you the truth, is the fact that the last week that Max Kellerman was on the first take, 
right before the transition. Conveniently, Stephen A. Smith was not present. Conveniently, Stephen A. Smith decided to get some type of procedure done that prevented him from being in studio. Conveniently, right around the time that all the rumors were hot like fire that Stephen A. was maneuvering in the background to get Max Kellerman removed from first take, he was nowhere to be found. Which, to me, was a punk-ass move. I sometimes, I give Stephen A. credit in most respects because of this. If other outlets say they have a problem with him, he's the first one, or he usually goes and says, look, look, we can t- if you want to criticize me on the air, then we can discuss this on air. I will come on your platform. But then the more I think about it, the more I realize, no, that's more of I, that's more of a technique to put the spotlight, to put, yeah, to put, put himself more in the spotlight, to put himself more in the news cycle, if you will. So this so-called, yeah, you know, I'm a stand-up dude. No, I don't run for nothing. Okay. In front of the front of the camera. But does anybody, everybody know what happened behind the camera? But that to me, that was one thing that hasn't been mentioned this last couple of weeks. And I'm sorry, this is just really irritating me. That's one thing that has been discussed these last couple of weeks is how he conveniently ducked the smoke, if you will. So two years later, with the acquisition, yeah, I say acquisition, the acquisition of Shannon Sharp to first take, for first take after his uh, acrimonious exit from the competitor undisputed with Skip Bayless. Instead of bigging up your new partner or your newest, <laughs> I know y'all probably like, oh, he was just in the middle of a door and now let's say he laughing. Magic, magic, magic. No, tell you the truth, um, to be fully transparent, um. My granddaughter just called in the middle of me recording. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to say, yo, I'm going to call you back. No, I'm going to pause this. And being the fact that I just got so preoccupied, well, why wouldn't I? I really kind of forgot exactly where I left off. I know I was talking about Stephen A. Smith. And I know I was talking about he was a grimy dude. But at the end of the day, it boils down to this. Two years later, he's talking about Max Kellerman. Never mind about the fact that Max Kellerman got let go by ESPN, okay? Yes, he is still collecting because he's still under contract. But all this slander he's putting out there that, um, you know, he's not a journalist. He wasn't doing what he was asked. Um, The the Q rating that I, I did the research and the Q rating and people knew me and 
it was like I was doing the show for both of us and all that. All because you're on top now. Do you not realize that if he gave a fuck, and I doubt he does, do you not realize that you putting all the slander on that man's name will make the next assignment, the next, the next job, the next contract negotiating that much harder for him going forward if he chooses to do so? See, people like Stephen A are the people I don't like. Because everybody started from somewhere. I remember when Stephen A was just a loud nigga that used to be on that used to come on ESPN for their basketball takes. Looking like looking like Calvin from Paid in Full. Looking like Kermit. 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 Yeah, Kermit. I remember back then. I remember when he got let go because they tried. He tried to do the late night talk show or ESPN, ESPN two to be exact. Quite frankly, that shit flopped. They got him to fuck up out of there. Then he had to grind again. Go, go, which go, go back to his roots. Go back to the newspaper and uh, the what the Philadelphia Examiner, I believe. If I'm mistaken, he had to do radio in Philly. And then he got back on the radar and ESPN hired him back radio only until his white knight came and scooped him up for potential obscurity. And then when he started feeling himself, well, matter of fact, then when he started getting up in stature, start feeling himself. Do you do you ever see first take the way? Yeah, he says it in a joking manner, but you know he's dead serious. The way he be trying to critique people on the way they dress, like Damian Woody. Yeah, that's his brother. Yo, that's my brother. He comes up and he's talking about yeah, yo, yo, how you coming on my show and you don't got a tie on? How you coming on my show? I didn't, I didn't know it was dressed down Friday. How he gets on Dan Olowski about how cheap he is, or how frugal he is, or yo, you gonna really let your wife and kids be in coach? Yeah, it says as a, it said as a as a joke. It said it said a jest. But even if the person's taking it as a joke, to me, that's just showing. Damn, the money really got to you, huh? You don't forgot where you like. I don't knock anything about his hustle. Tell you the truth, if I had the hustle he, he had, maybe I'd be in a different lot in life. But I just, I, I, I just, I, I don't get it. But at the end of the day, for you, him to put dirt on Max's name two years later, for him. To still feel a way about T.O. saying, damn, damn, Stephen A., yo, you, which guy, at this point in time, you know, blacks, uh, Max, act black, um, seem blacker than you. For you to still feel a way, which, all right, if you, you feel a way because I guess something, the truth must have hurt a little bit, right? You must have felt a way because, like, yo, that touched too close to home, right? 
that he was being more accepted with his worldview than you trying to play the part of the man of the people. And shout out to Marcellus Raleigh because, matter of fact, I'm not even going to reiterate what he said. Check him out on, on YouTube because he laid that shit down flat. Matt Kellerman is also his board. Marcellus Riley also could give less than a fuck because he's not looking for he's not looking for an end. He said, you know what? I'm going independent. I'm doing my own thing. So I can have the freedom to do what I need to do. So check him out. Because he, out of all the takes that have come out in Media Land, his has been the most direct, his has been the most accurate, and his has been the most straight up no chaser. With a lot of facts. For you to try to play T.O. Talk about, yeah, you grimy, which guy, you you trifling, you pathetic. And then come to find out that y'all was in the same, y'all was in the same area, y'all was in the same environment at that Colorado game a couple of weeks ago. You, you as quiet as a mouse. Not saying y'all supposed to get into fist of cuffs, because look, Y'all both millionaires. But if you're going to try to call somebody out on air, you're going to try to call somebody out on social media, then when you face to face with that man, as T.O. said, keep the same energy, my boy, my guy. You can, you can tell when somebody is really heated with you and trying to keep it classy when they say, yeah, keep that en same energy, my guy. My guy. Not my boy. No, not my guy. Like, yeah, we're going to keep it classy, but at the end of the day, we're going to see each other again because we're in the same circles at, at, at certain times. And the last thing I'll say is this. He just had Shannon Sharp on the Stephen A. Smith show, right? Explaining or giving Shannon Sharp allowing Shannon Sharp to ha give his point of view on the lead-up and the split with Skip Bayless for Undisputed. And he's asking the pointed questions. He's giving a concerned face like he really, really cares. Stephen A. Smith don't care. Stephen A. Smith, but Stephen A. Smith, that was an opportunity for more exposure. An opportunity to put yourself as the man of the people. As Marcellus Wally uh, so expertly explained. That old saying, what goes up must come down. It's gravity. It's theory, theory of relativity, right? The other saying, be careful how you treat people on the way up because those would be the same people you pass on your way back down to earth. And being the fact that he's been such a public figure over the last 15 to 20 years, last 10 years more specifically, He's on Front Street more than he might realize. Everything is peaches and cream right now. 
everything is roses right now. But what's going to happen when these people, when the same people that you that you that you fronting for, that you putting on for, that God forbid, it, hopefully it doesn't happen. But when the tables are turned and you're the one who's looking for an ally, you're the one who's been done wrong. What's going to happen then, huh? What's going to happen then, huh? I don't know, but enough about Stephen A. Smith. We're going to get this show on the road without further ado. Good night. Got me all riled up. I'm even messing up my whole thing. And goodbye. King switch up in this bitch. Guns up. Gun club. Bullet club. Anyway, yeah. I just had that momentary uh, elation until this title, this banner came up. And it brought me back down to reality. Back to life. Back to reality. Back to 15 straight losses. What do we do now? How do we rebound? To get ready for Kansas City next Monday night. However do you want it. However do you need it. However do you want it. Man. That this is not a banner that I thought I was gonna have to display. I don't even have a really Retort to anybody who looks at the Jets one and two record through three games and say, Yeah, you talking all that shit, right? How you feel now? How you like now? I really can't say much. I have to take my medicine. I have to take my big tablespoon of Buckley's, my big tablespoon of Robitussin. Motussin, Motussin. And just have to deal with it. And you know what, you know what, you know what really bothers me about this week's game, this week's loss? Not only is it to our arch rival, our arch nemesis, the Patriot, our arch nemesis, Bill Belichick, who who thrives, who lives for the agony of Jets fans like me. He's like a vampire. He he thrives off. Matter of fact, you know what he is. I wish I had the meme. He's like that meme that's on that was on Twitter or yeah, I think it was on Twitter where you had I think it was it was a gang member. He was throwing throwing signs up and everything. And it's like, yeah, I thrive off negativity. 
that's that's what that's what Bill Belichick is. He lives off the tears of Jets Nation. He lives off the fears of Gang Green. He lives off the sorrow of long-suffering Jets fans such as myself. You knew that team was going to be raring to go. It's just the fact that if you look on paper, you would think we have more talent than New England. And I still believe that we have more talent than New England. But right now, I still have to give the devil his due and say New England has better coaching than we do. Case in point. The Daniel Hackett. I remember, and yeah, I'm 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 going to call a spade a spade. Last year, when Nathaniel Hackett was named the coach of the Denver Broncos, I remember I was laughing at that move because I remember that Nathaniel Hackett is the son of Paul Hackett, one of the pioneers, if you will, or well, Apley's name, well, for Apley, I'm described. One of the proprietors, one of the originators of the West Coast offense. One of the disciples of Bill Walsh, right? I remember we had Paul Hackett as our offensive coordinator way back in the days, back in the 90s. And you know what he was famous for? The Chuck and Duck. You know what he, he was famous for? Three yards and a cloud of dust. You know what he was famous for? Throwing a five. Matter of fact, coming up with a five-yard pattern, pass pattern on third and eight. And I was like, well, you know, when Denver showed itself to be an ep. The first couple weeks, especially the first game of the season, when that Monday night against Geno Smith, they wrote me off and never right back. Yeah, Mr. Him. I was like, well, what do you expect? The fucking hack it. So, it should really not come to any surprise of mine that we're still coming up with those same problems that's been predated damn near 30 years ago. From your fucking pops. To me, and I'm going to go all over the place so it's not going to be no rhyme and reason to this rant. Because I told you at the beginning, this is going to be a venting session for me. If y'all want to know the ins and outs of the game, check ESPN. Matter of fact, just check the fucking line score. So all your favorite apps, Yahoo Sports, ESPN, Bleacher Report, the whole nine. The Jets have 
an organizational problem, organizational problem right now. It's bigger than Zach Wilson. And unfortunately, for the two people that I'm going to name, it's going to cost them their job. Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas has been here. Remember, he's been here since the Adam Gates days. That means this is what going on his fourth year. Now, for everything, and I and I've always been a believer in Joey Trust. But for all of his strengths, you know what our glaring weakness is? You know what our glaring weakness is? And it's a weakness that actually has us in this situation that we're currently in with Zach Wilson being the quarterback of our New York JETS Jets Jets. In four years, we have not developed a cohesive, competent, nowhere near dominant offensive line. I give him credit. He's done so on the defensive line. He's done so on the defensive side of the ball. But the offensive line continues to be a mismatch of reclamation projects, overpaid players, and injury-prone players. We have Makai Becton. Started at right tackle, got moved to left tackle this week because Doreen Brown, not only did he does he have a new injury, because he was coming off of soldier surgery, now he has hip problems. And they waited until the very last minute, which I know was gamesmanship, to put him on IR, meaning he's gone for the next four weeks, at least. So we had to shuffle it around. So we put Beckton back at left tackle. We move Vera Tucker to right tackle. And we put rookie Joe Tipman at guard. You would think that the main priority should be to fortify the offensive line and to establish a running game to take whatever pressure is on Zach Wilson, which is the pressure of a million and one tons on his back that we can at least establish a running game, right? I'm looking at the stats right in front of me. Dalvin Cook, who I ain't going to lie, I don't know if it's because of the – I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of the running game, I mean the offensive line, and the fact that he might possibly be washed. It carries for 18 yards with a long of five yards, 2.3 Per carry. What was more alarming was this. Brees Hall. Mr. Oh, we would have won if we would have got it more four, four, four times. If I would have got the ball four times. More than four times. 12 rushes. But guess how many yards? Just guess. 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 Just take a guess. Take a guess. 
Did you say 18 yards? That would be correct. Ding, 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 ding. 12 carries for 18 yards. Not only that, you know how many yards per gap carry he had? One and a half. One and a half yards per carry. Many feet. Now, so that's 20 carries for 36 yards. Can't say they didn't at least try to focus on the running game. Zach Wilson was 18 of 36 for 157 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, sacked three times. I was about to say Zach three times because that's what it is. He uh, got sacked in the end zone for a killer safety because if you think about it, instead of going for having to go for Hail Mary in the closing seconds, maybe we could have just gotten to the field goal range, but I digress. Because at this point in time, at that point in time, the game was over. What it boils down to is this. We have Nathaniel Hackett, who right now I think is being exposed for being a decent offensive coordinator, but in reality, only the jockstrap carrier of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the one who makes his offense go. But Aaron Rodgers is not here due to the negligence of Joe Douglas in getting competent offensive linemen to protect the quarterback. Also, Joe Douglas was negligent in the offseason. And this is where it goes back to organizational, organizational problem. He was negligent in getting a backup quarterback, a veteran backup quarterback, a quarterback who can man the fort if and when Aaron Rodgers would miss some time. We didn't expect it to be four snaps into the regular season, but then at the same time, we are New York JET Jets fans, and we should learn to expect the worst. Worst case possible, possible outcome is always option number one. As I sip my Coke Zero. We have Boyle as our backup. Not only is that bad enough, Aaron Rodgers has been out, like I said, since the fourth snap. Do you know we still haven't signed a quarterback yet? And I'm not talking about a quarterback to immediately replace Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson has proved himself to be injury prone as well. We're down to two quarterbacks on the roster. This is an angle that I'm going to put out there right now. The reason why I feel that they have not gone and gotten a veteran quarterback just to at least man the fort, just to at least have as the emergency quarterback in our situation. It's twofold. One, the fragile psyche of Zach Wilson of Matter of fact, it has to be coming from above that they don't want anybody in the building 
that Zach would be threatened by, which is scary in itself. But it goes deeper, especially now since Aaron Aaron Rodgers is out recuperating, out recovering from his Achilles Achilles tear, and it's still time that he'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to do this rehab to go into retirement. Zach and Aaron like this, right? Aaron has said numerous times in the offseason, numerous times in the run-up to the regular season, that the ideal plan is for him to man the team for the next two, possibly three years, and to pretty much pass the baton over to Zach because within those three years, Zach should be up to snuff and keep it and keep it going. I personally believe that it's possible that the reason they haven't brought in another quarterback, another quarterback that could potentially man the fort, is that they do not want to upset Aaron Rodgers. They want to give Zach Wilson every opportunity because they know how they treat Zach in Aaron's absence. It's going to have a large bearing on whether or not Aaron, how 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 bad or how much Aaron Rodgers is going to be um, invested in his return if he returns. I know. Seems kind of funny that you're going to you're pretty pretty much being held hostage by a player that cannot play again this season. A player that's going to be 40. But at the same time, you put yourself in, we put ourselves in this predicament. And I'm not even saying they're wrong in that in that thought. But in reality, that's what's going on here. Because there's no reason. And I'm not saying you get Matt Ryan off the couch. I'm not, I'm damn sure not saying bring Carson Wentz in here. But you mean to tell me y'all can't call Colt McCoy? To come in so at least you know you have somebody dependable in the clutch to say you know what if zach gets hurt we got somebody that can manage the game that can get the ball out that can actually sustain a drive you saw it on this past sunday you saw it on the sideline. They can say whatever the fuck they want to say. But the cracks are showing. Michael Carter was going going at it with a coach on the sideline in such a demonstrative, demonstrative way that I've never seen in his three years as a New York Jet. Garrett Wilson, to his credit, you can see him trying to be a good teammate, him trying to support Zach Wilson, but it's driving him crazy that in three games, three games this season, Garrett Wilson has 12 catches on 22 targets. With two touchdowns. 
you can see there's times he's running patterns and he's like, I know, I know I could have got the ball. You're not going through your progression. You you need to trust me. Which is true. But at the same time, look at the personnel that we have. For as deep as you want to say, when I, I was boasting this this offseason, we're too deep at every position. We go three deep in the in the running back. We go three deep at tight end. Ruckett does not get on the field whatsoever, and he's our best blocking tight end. We go four deep at rod receiver. McCall Hartman, did he even get up? I don't even think he got a snap. I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but you can see the weapons that we have on the outside only works with Aaron Rodgers because nobody gets any type of big separation. Randall Cobb is here only because of Aaron Rodgers. Alan Lazard is only here because of the potential of getting Aaron Rodgers. He's not here. So we need some speed. Put Gibson in there. Give him some snaps. Put McCall Hardman in there. Give him some snaps. You need to be more dynamic on offense. Get some run in the rounds. Get some screens that are not predictable. Get Dalvin Cook in, in space. Something. Something is better than this. And people want to give the defense, let the defense off the hook. And you would think, yeah, giving up 13 points, yes, that should be more than enough to be competitive. That should be more than enough in most cases, especially in today's NFL, to win some games. But the one play that Quentin Williams was shaking up, do you mean to tell me that it took Quentin Williams to be on the sideline to all of a sudden have miscommunication and give up a 58, 58, 58-yard touchdown? To this guy? Him, 86, Brown. Wide open. The only touchdown of the game. And that's and that and, 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 and that was due to a busted coverage which usually happens at least once a game when it comes to my New York J-E-T-S, Jet, Jet, Jets. Remember last year, fourth and short against the Lions when we were still in playoff, con- uh, playoff contention and they get a busted coverage and the Lions romped their way into a win in which the defense played their heart out but all it takes is one play. And once again, it took one play. For all the oh, woe is me when it comes to the when it comes to the defense. 
This defense allowed washed up Ezekiel Elliott. 16 rushes for 80 yards, five yards a carry. They allow they allow 157 yards on the ground to New England. Such a dynamic offense. The same offense that the Miami Dolphins were able to keep intact, keep in check. Don't get me started about the Dolphins. I ain't going to talk about them. I would not other the score that they put up this week on this platform. Catch me on Thursday. And if I can avoid talking about them on Thursday, guess what? I will. Look at this stat line for Matt Jones. Matt Jones. 15 to 29, 201 yards. He threw for just over 50% passing, right? Guess what? He was able to matriculate the ball down the field. Well, at least between the 30s. Do you know it took until the third quarter? Matter of fact, dare I say, the fourth quarter for any team to actually get into the red zone, even though we were down 13-3, it took for us to get into the red zone and with five minutes remaining in the fourth quarter for any team to get into the red zone. Ain't that a bitch? And this is a game that we lost. A lot of people in the media sphere were saying this is going to be a referendum on the Jets season. If we can't beat the Patriots, we're looking for at a long season. And unfortunately, I agree. We're looking at a very long season right now because the cracks are showing. The 85 Bears, we, the 85 Bear defense, we are not. And I knew it as soon as that quote came out. From DJ Reed, yeah, we have a potential to be the 85 Bears. Before the first game was even played, before the first kickoff was even kicked, I knew we were going to have a problem. It's going to be a problem on our hands. Next week, like I said, it comes football. It comes football. We face the two and one Kansas City Chiefs, who are fresh off. How much did they score? Fresh off a 41-10 throttling of the Chicago Bears. Seems like they got their mojo back, huh? <laughs> Not only that, they were actually dominant on the ground. They made a concerted effort to run the ball. Successfully, they did. And it's going to be Monday night. You're going to have Cap- Travis Kelsey with his new with his new cyber. You know what? I was about to be. I was about to say some real disrespectful shit. With his new woman of his life, 
Taylor Swift for all the Swifties out there. Players gonna play, 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 play. Ball is gonna ball, 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 ball. Whatever. Shake it off. Shake it off. You don't think they're gonna try to put a show on in the Big Apple? Or should I say the shadow of the Big Apple? You don't think they're gonna try to really put this in the dirt? I don't know. I swear. I was in Trader Joe's today, like I said. Just like this, because I, I ain't gonna lie, I'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to this. I just be asking for it, right? I just be asking for it. Broke it, broke it out today. It's the first day I've worn this sweater. Mattress too. Yeah. Anyway. And one of the guys, one of the guys that was stocking up his Trader Joe's like, yo, hope Zach could do the damn thing today. I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it sucks for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, you, which way you think Think we got a chance? Eh, hopefully. Even the cashier wasn't as friendly as the one we had last time. But nevertheless, he's like, hey, good luck. What time is the kickoff? I'm like, one o'clock kickoff, baby. That's why we're getting the fuck up out of here right now. Thank you for allowing me to, to be a patron. So you're a fine establishment. And rush home. Rush home to see this dreck. I wonder what the point spread is going to be. With our lack of offense and the Chiefs' dynamic offense, especially coming off a of 41-10 throttling, I can imagine this is going to be one of the biggest spreads of this upcoming week, meaning I'm going to have to talk about my J-E-T at Jets on a national platform. Am I going to be as arrogant as I normally am? Am I going to be as verbose as I normally am? Am I going to be as outlandish? as I normally am when it comes to my J-E-T at Jets. It's only one way to find out. And that's to tune in this Thursday on another splendid edition of Hidden Gems Football, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But now for the second edition of the newest segment, well, a segment by a different name, because I am me. Mike Steph must have bumped his mother effing head. AKA Mike Steph's gambling foray this past week of the in NFL football action. You know, today, well, this week was the perfect encapsulation of a dollar in a dream. Because there was no way in hell I should have known that I was going to capitalize on this outlandish parlay 
that I devised, that I broke. I had an eight-lay parlay. And I told myself this year, especially this year, you know what? I know the old the old saying, go hard or go home. But I'm like, you know what? I've been on a kind of a losing streak. And you know what? I need to piecemeal it. I need to, I need to be a game manager. Maybe three late parlays. Maybe take the take the little bit, keep it moving. But um I, being the fact I was trying to empty out my account of Fandu, because fuck Fandu. I said, you know what? I'm gonna do this parlay, and maybe if I hit, guess what, baby? You might not be seeing this face at a local train station near you. Did I just say that? Yes, I did. Swiping, of course. So I had an egg blade parlay. Um, I'm going to go down because out of those eight legs, I was 50%. Out of those 50%, out of that 50%, I want to say two, I could have definitely, was, I was kind of persuaded by watching other gambling experts, which was my first mistake. I should have just went in my gut. And one, I went with my heart instead of my gut. And tell you the truth, once once my New York JET Jets Jets Jets, that's right, I bet on my own damn team. Once they lost, it really didn't matter how close I came. But before I get into that, the one thing I did say I was going to toot my own horn toot toot about was the fact that I actually was correct on one thing. And this is a little promo. So, yeah, check it out. The Jets last week, the cover the spread, it was nine, nine and a half. And this point spread is looking oh so tempting because I just think they're just going to smother Arizona. But the last two weeks, Arizona has proved everybody wrong, and everybody thought they were going to get blown out, and they didn't. It's in Arizona. I'm going to go. Matter of fact, I'm going to make this my pick of the week. Arizona to cover, and I'm going to look like a fool. But Arizona <laughs> to cover the 12 point spread because I just. Dak is going to Dak. And that's not me saying that Dallas is not going to win. No, Dallas is going to win. But I just think Dak is not going to be able to control himself to throw at least one one interception or just make an asinine play, and that's going to lead them to not score when they're already in scoring range. Because, you know, they, they kicked five field goals last week. It could have been actually much worse. So Dallas to win, Arizona to cover, and the over-under – I'm going to go under because Dallas won 40 to zip the first game and they won 30 to 10 the second game. Both those games didn't break the 41 point threshold. See, doing my math. Yeah. All right. Well, I did get one thing correct when it came to that, and that was that Dallas. Was not going to cover the spread 
actually in reality Dallas lost and I wish I would have put that game on my parlay instead of my New York JET Jets Jets but I digress I'm gonna go down the line my other game of the week on hidden Jets football was the contest between two zero and two teams two of my most favorite teams and I say that kind of sarcastically. The Minnesota Vikings hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. I decided to put money on the Minnesota the Minnesota Vikings to cover the spread. It was only one and a half points. So not only did they not cover the spread, they lost. Even though Brandon Staley tried his damnedest, tried his damnedest, to give that game up by going for it once again on fourth down inside their own 30-yard line. It only took the equal the equal uh, ineptness of Kirk Cousins to do some Kirk Cousins shit for them to get out of Minneapolis with a win. So that 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 was that was a loss. Then. My second leg was I chose the Washington Commanders to cover a six and a half point spread against the Buffalo Bills. I figured, look, the weather conditions are going to slow them down. Uh, Chicago, uh, Washington is riding a two game winning streak to two and oh, you know, uh, Sam Howell has looked decent. I still don't trust the Buffalo Bills. So, you know what? Even if Washington does not win, they'll lose a close nail biter, right? Ha. Washington lost. You know how much Washington lost by? Washington lost to the score of 37 and 3. Yeah, that's right. The Buffalo Bills bust their ass. Should we should we go on? Oh yeah, this is a this is a favorite of mine. Even though I lost this one, it's a favorite of mine because I get to talk mucho shit about Mr. Peyton Oswald, aka Sean Payton. The Denver Broncos, I'm like, you know, Miami, Miami's coming off a you know, they won two games, they're two and oh. They're coming off a interdivision uh battle against New England on Sunday night is their season opener. All things that normally I would say, you know what? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bet Miami. And I actually had Miami with the money line. But then I watched Colin Coward and the dude that he's with, that he's breaking down the games. And he made us he he actually put out a stat. That persuaded me to change my bet. He said that teams that have their home opener week three or later and are a favorite are 12, 21, and 2 against the spread. Now, that should have told me, well, the odds 
should be due to go the opposite way. But I said, you know what? I let my inner hatred of the Miami Dolphins control me and, and turn me into Anakin, into Mikey Anakin once again. And I said, you know what? Against my better judgment, I think I could see the, De uh, the Broncos keeping it close. They got a good defense. You know? Now, I kind of forgot that Vic Vangio is not the defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. Do you know who the defensive coordinator, who, who he is the defensive coordinator of? Yeah, that's right. The Miami Dolphins. But once again, I'm thinking like still, you got Russell Wilson, you know, him and Peyton have been simpatico. Yeah, right. But they'll be able to put up enough points to keep it within a one possession game. Well, even though I'm going to renege and say and actually give the score of this game that I did not want to give. Miami beat the Denver Broncos by the score of 70 to 20. Yeah, that's right. I didn't st st stutter. S 70 to 20. It, and Mike McDonald actually showed mercy, so be it, by eschewing the field goal with time running out that could have gave him the NFL all-time scoring record and took a knee. The only glee I have into this in, on this game is the fact that somebody hung 70 on Sean Payton. You see what happens, Sean Payton? You see what happens when you don't mind your fucking business? It's just a shame that it took my arch nemesis, the Miami Dolphins, to put you in your place. Shall I go on? Now, now we start getting into the wins. And as much as I would love to talk mucho sugar honey iced tea about this team that was on the losing side of this bet, I will refrain from doing that because first and foremost, it's a team rooted for by a family member. Not only a family member, but a family member that actually came and checked on that hollered at me when I was in my time of need, when I was in mourning in the immediate aftermath of Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles. So I would just say this. Detroit, I had Detroit covering three points, and Detroit covered, not only did they cover, but they beat the Atlanta Falcons 20 to 6. I'll go, I will go on. Like I said, no slander to that. Maybe later on. Maybe if we ever catch up, because yeah, look, y'all two and one. We're one and two, and we look like purity shit. So y'all already know about my Jets. Yeah, I've been money line like a freaking fool. But then I ended on a three game a, a, a three a three game winning streak. And if I would have just Bet these three games. Maybe I would have put some coin on. Indianapolis. Something told me that Indianapolis was going to cover that spread. 
So I put some coin on it. And not only did they cover the eight and a half points against the Baltimore Ravens. No, they went into Baltimore. They went into B-more and they handled their business. And they beat Baltimore overtime by the score of 22-19. Then Seattle put a licking on Carolina. And I had Seattle for the money line. And they won 37-27 over Carolina. And then the one big 12-and-a-half-point spread that I did bet on was the Kansas City Chiefs, covering because after all the stuff that happened in Chicago over this past week and the fact that Chicago just looks lost, with all the hubbub over Justin Fields saying that, uh, you know, he just having he's getting overloaded with information. He, he feels robotic. Um, the resignation by their defensive coordinator, um, the theft of lawnmower equipment from Soldier Field, all that, everything in the news was negative concerning the Chicago Chicago Bears. So I said, there's no way in hell Chicago is gonna keep this shit close. On top of the fact that they've lost going into this game, they're average margin of defeat had been 14 games i mean 14 points so that was a no-brainer so i got correct the detroit lions the indianapolis colts the seattle seahawks and the kansas city chiefs i kind of quasi got correct the arizona cardinals and the denver broncos the minnesota vikings the washington commanders and the new york J-E-T-J-J-Jets cost me some much-needed coin for my MCS pockets. If I would have hit this parlay, you know how much I would have came? You know how much would have came up? $2,200 off a $10 bet. Better look next week. Better look next week. Yeah, because next week, unfortunately, there will be Another installment of Mike Steph must have bumped his mother effing head. Hopefully, I'll bump my head with the coins that'll be jiggling off my pocket. I know you're probably wondering how can you bump your head off the coinage that'll be in your pocket unless your head was below. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave that one alone. Whoa! It's only smoke and mirrors! Whoa! It's only smoke and mirrors tonight! Yeah, this is an impromptu edition of Smoke and Mirrors, a.k.a. Grooming and Fashion Tips by the one and only Mike Steph. This week will only be one fashion tip. And that fashion tip is this. The dashing one says, always be prepared to receive slander from all directions, from all genders, from all directions. When you go out into the streets 
with paraphernalia of your favorite team, a favorite team that you actually that actually sucks in real life. And sometimes maybe you should not be so on the tee when it comes to the coordination. But when it comes to the dashing one, none of that ever matters because Mike Steph is just that dashing. Mike Steph, stone cold, stunning. Mike Steph is just that debonair that I can walk the streets looking like a billboard for mediocrity and still come home to the loving sweetness of Mrs. O. And remember when I said we don't deal with black holes over here? No, we deal with tightness, elasticity, togetherness. And that has been this week's Smoke and Mirrors. Whoa! It's only Smoke and Mirrors! Whoa! It's only smoking there, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I listen. After after having to swallow so much crow, after having to talk about my New York JET Jet Jets and another loss when it comes to the Patriots, having to talk about the potential money I could have won, yeah, I had to give myself just a, another kick in the ass and a, you know, little comedy antidote, antidote, if you will, to uh, end this episode off right. I'd like to thank each and every one of y'all for making, well, matter of fact, I'd like to thank each and every one of y'all for tuning into, no, damn it, oh, yes, and that brings us to the end of another edition of the Salty Door to Mike Step podcast. Yeah, that's it. I'd like to thank each and every one of y'all for making me and this here podcast the one that you choose to view and the one that choose, you choose to listen to. Next week will be more of the same. Well, at least with the podcast. Hopefully, it will not be more of the same of my New York JET and Jet Jet Jets. S-U-C-K-K-K-K. Sucking, sucking, sucking. But uh, probably will be. Um, matter of fact, while we're at it, I'm going to tell y'all this. Next week, edition of the Salty Thoughts on Mike Step Podcast will be dropping on Tuesday night. Well, early Tuesday morning, late Monday night, due to the Monday night football game that my New York JET and Jet Jet Jets are going to partake in. So I will have. Might as well say an immediate reaction, if you will. Will I go live? Oh, hell no. But check me out next, late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. But if you can't wait to check me out late Monday night, early Tuesday morning next week, you know what you can do? You can actually check me out this Thursday. You know why? You can check me out this Thursday. Because this Thursday, it's another edition of Hidden Jets Football, hosted by the Mojo King and myself, Mike Steph. New episodes drop every Thursday on the YouTube page of the 19 Media Group and 
all, and that's right, all streaming platforms wherever podcasts are available. And while you're at it, you can check out the Salty Daughter Mike Step podcast available on the following platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. New episodes drop on Wednesday. Yes, the mothership, the flagship, if you will, the audio version of the Salty Daughter Mike Step drop on Wednesdays. You can check at Mike Steph and double underscore on X. At Mike double underscore Steph on Instagram and at Mike Steph underscore on TikTok. Yes. With all that out the way, with all that out the way, it's usually time for me to bid y'all do. Right? Right. But I want to give y'all just a little extra taste of what to expect on every week on Hidden Gems Football. Ceiling. Take it away! <laughs> That's what it really boils down to. Now, you know who the glass ceiling is on the Chargers? Brandon Staley. Do you know, I, did, I didn't realize that um, the year that they hired Brandon Staley, they interviewed Brian Dable. And they chose Brandon Staley over Brian Dable. Do you know, or this is how I feel, if they would have got rid of Brandon Staley after last offseason, after that debacle, maybe Sean Payton would be in L.A. instead of Denver. Could you mean to tell me Sean Payton wouldn't love to have Justin Herbert over Washed Up Wilson? Let's ride. I don't know. You know, it's funny that I chose that clip to put because I guarantee Sean Payton would love to have Justin Herbert instead of washed up Wilson. That's right. Especially after tonight. After after tonight's ass whooping. But yeah. So, like I said, with all that being said and done, I'm going to get out of here because even though I was trying not to do 90 minute mark, I'm close to it. So, you ever know anytime I'm trying to cut this shit short, you know, I always got to strengthen it out. I got to lengthen it out. I got to get it larger. I got to get it longer. Pause. Yeah, let me get out of here. So, until next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh! One last thing. Yeah, gotcha, right? Check it out. GameAgainRadio.com. Only one wide open receiver in the line of Dallas. In Dallas. Check it out. GameAgainRadio. Do y'all know? I used to actually use Beijing around that time, and my face actually looked like the album cover of it was it was it was never the same or nothing is the same or whatever the hell the name of it. But regardless, it's not about me. It's about checking out.
yo, that girl's a good catch for you. She and I choose to cruise in my love boat. My water bed kept us afloat. I had to prove my manhood, show her that the B.I.V. was damn good. Understood, I never had my boat rocked like that before. Yo. Well, when we left the spot, all systems ready to go. She said, sit back and relax. I'm running the show. I couldn't hesitate. It was much too late. That girl had got me straight, and I was ready to go. Chances arms cut her lifetime Said you only live once Staying loose made many head turns If you did her wrong you just might get burned So let's have some fun 